How are we? Wake up, it's Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are going to jump back into Corinthians and uh, Romans, Ephesians, a few other odds and ends. I'm going to ask for time of prayer. I would like to read then 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. And then I also want to read uh, Romans, let's see what I want to read there, Romans chapter 12, verses uh, 1 through 13. And then we'll start packaging. What do you think? Father, we come to you to hear from you. Father, show us great and mighty things that we can't even comprehend. Father, you working through your people collectively and individually to the power and the glory and the exaltation and to the hallelujah of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father, help us. Help us to hear you. Help us to draw upon your word. Draw deep. Drink deep. That, Father, our souls may be perfected to you, King of kings and Lord of lords. Christ's name. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 and following. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects and the same God who works all things in all persons. But to one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles, and to another, prophecy, and to another, the distinguishing of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, interpretations of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as He wills. Okay? Romans 12, beginning... Verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, Not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. But to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we are many members in one body, and all members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to proportion of his faith, if service in in his serving, or he who teaches in teaching, 
And he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in the Spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, and practicing hospitality. Whoa! That's a lot of stuff there, isn't it? It just makes you want to become a Pharisee. We're making our way through... 1 Corinthians, we are dealing with a text dealing with spiritual gifts. And what I have realized was that we, um, in the midst of an expositional study, we are beginning a theological study. Yes, there is a difference. And yet, I'm trying my best to weave the two together so we all don't sit there and go, Whoa. Let me explain to you why I have a concern. Today is the 15th message on spiritual gifts. Okay? 15 weeks you and I have been looking at it. Please understand, there hasn't been an interruption. There hasn't been an interruption. We are in a part now that I call gifts that strengthen. In that text, I am dealing with what I call 11 gifts that will strengthen the body of Christ for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. What they're going to do is you break those two into two groups. One are speaking gifts, that would be five of them, and the other six are serving gifts. We're making our way through the serving gifts at this time. We have three of them down. We have three to go. And I am confused and I believe that there is a confusion that's set into the body of Christ because I see people and I understand how we have a tendency to want to grab a hold of this and say, okay, what is it I'm supposed to do? And as I began the gifts, I laid a formation, a foundation, a structure which I would build off of. That was the person of the Holy Spirit. I believe that after 15 weeks, I need to go back to that foundation, lay down some good, solid framework so you can see how this thing is working. Here's why I'm saying that. There are a variety of gifts, same Spirit. There are a variety of ministries, same Lord. There are varieties of faith, same God. There's a manifestation of the Spirit. There is the same Spirit. There is the healing and is by one Spirit. The Spirit works all things. And who in the heck would we be talking about? The text that I gave you out of Romans chapter 12 says that you need to be doing these things and you're going to do it by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, or the Spirit. Which one is it? Yes. Okay, and I want to kind of give you a a look at this because spiritual gifts are described biblically as enablements, as manifestations, as energizings. Okay? Energizing. It has to do with an energy source. Where does it come from, your spiritual gift? The, not, I'm not asking you about what is your gift. The energy in which the gift is used comes from where? Holy Spirit. It has an ability. It is a divine ability. It is a manifestation of the Spirit of the living God. It is not fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is character, nature. 
manifestations of the Spirit are going to be supernaturally energized manifestations of Christ. Okay, question. How many, which spiritual gifts did Jesus have? What do you do with the text that says, be imitators of Christ? What gift do you have? We have a tendency to want to run and figure it out, don't we? Well, I think I do that. Last week he talked about giving. You know, and he says it's not based on what I have. It's based on my heart. And I love to give. I see a need and I give to that need. So I'm thinking that mine is giving. Really? Let me tell you something. If you've got the spiritual gift of giving, you'd better have some wisdom. Okay? Or we're all going to be giving because you gave it all away. All right? These words, these enablements, these manifestations, these energizings, all describe the same thing. Spirit of God. It's Holy Spirit enablings allowing us to minister to one another within the body of Jesus Christ. Okay? Here's how I kind of look at it. This is why I... I am um, probably ostracized in the body of Christ this day. I do not believe that the church is a spectator sport. And most of the people that I deal with in church believe that they are spectators and they give money into them little plates or bags or whatever they do it. So that they can hire ministers. We believe today, the evangelical church, is that you have to go to a form of higher education. You have to have some kind of degree so that you can at some point in time step forward and be qualified to serve the saints of the living God. The Bible teaches that if you are saved, you are involved in the actual operation of the church. Every single aspect. As we learn our giftedness and how it operates, how the Spirit of God works through us, we are nothing but a clay pot. We are the conduit for the power of God to be released. As it works through us, we can give a broader, hear me well, and deeper commitment to those things that God has gifted us to do. Okay, as we learn, you know what that means, right? As my faith is stretched out of its comfort zone, I will understand how the Spirit of God works through me and I will have a broader and a deeper commitment to those things that God has gifted me to do. Okay, turn with me in your Bibles. To page 304. <laughs> no. To Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Okay, the context falls out there at verse 19. I want to focus on verse 22. Verse 19 says, speaking of the Gentiles, this was Paul's great... Whoa! 
the mystery's been revealed. The Jews and the Gentiles together incarnate in Christ, in Christ incarnate in the Gentiles and Jews. It's really amazing. I couldn't believe it. Here's what he says. You're no longer strangers or aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together into dwelling of God in the Spirit. Got that? You understand that? Very simple, very easy. Church, collectively, is the habitation of the Spirit of the Holy God. Any local assembly that is truly belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, any and every individual Christian, is collectively the habitation of God. I'm not sure that you guys are getting that. Somebody ought to just shout right now. Do you really understand that? Remember when Moses went up on the hilltop and had a little problem with the bush? Remember that? Right? When we got up to the bush, it wasn't being consumed, and yet it was shining brightly as if on fire. Right? What did the bush say to him first thing? Get your shoes off, Moses. Why? Why was it holy ground? How does that look in light of you are being built together in the dwelling of God in the Spirit? Castle Rock Baptist Church is an assembly of believers who are, have become the habitation of the Spirit of God. Go back, I'll, I'll remind you guys, because I, I know I'm kind of that way. Go back to 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16. Now, we've been spending some time in Corinthians, right? And they had some problems, didn't they? I mean, uh, the one guy had his father's wife. Uh, there was immorality there based on freedom in Christ. and uh, They had some problems. They had People were getting... Drunk at the Lord's table. I'm, I'm thinking that, that that's dangerous. What do you think? Okay, but wouldn't you wouldn't you agree? There was a lot of selfishness going on. Would you say there was some awful stuff going on? I'm a Peter. I'm a Paul. I'm a you know just you know crazy stuff, right? Look what he says about this church. Yet in verse um, 16. Do you not know? Okay, it's like, yo, dummy. You're supposed to remember this. Do you not know? What? You're the temple of God. And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. The temple of God is holy. And that is what you are. Did you read that? Remember that? Some of you may not remember that. You need to get online and hear that message again. Why? You are holy. No, 
there's days I don't feel holy, do you? That doesn't negate it. You are the temple of God. Have you ever heard of people say, well, let's go out in the sanctuary? I can't go out in the sanctuary. I am it. I can't go outside of myself. I am the sanctuary. That's the same terminology that is used of the holy of holies. Do you understand that? Do you grasp that? You know what the Holy of Holies was, right? That's where the Spirit of God dwelt. That's where God manifested Himself was in the Holy of Holies. It was called the sanctuary. Okay? I, this is, you know, I can go in, we could go on, this here will preach for years. But you know what's scary? I've already taught you guys this. I've already taught you guys this. So, it seems obvious to me that the Spirit of God should be in control of this assembly. That, 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 ain't, that ain't quantum physics there, is it? I mean, I, it just seems like a progression there. What was the problem in Corinth? Man was in control of the assembly. Man was in control of the assembly. I see the problem in Corinth manifested in many individuals today and in many congregations. And my prayer has been that Castle Rock Baptist Church would be a church that the Spirit of God rules. Okay? Here, let me give you the Bible terms. Where, the, where God fills it. Okay? It says be filled with the Spirit. Okay? Where God controls it. Where God energizes it. Okay? And I wanted to take today, I was as actually, my wife will testify to me as the Spirit of God would testify to me. I was going to teach today on the gift of mercy. It's the next serving gift. It's the one to deal with. Uh, I have six gifts to go, serving gifts to deal with. I've dealt with three. I have three left. Uh, mercy, faith, discernment. Um, and then I was going to spend some time, a few weeks, on the person of the Holy Spirit, and God told me no. You have been given some blocks, building blocks, over the last few weeks on the person of the Holy Spirit. If, if I'm being blessed, you know, I have joy and a few other odds and ends, blessings and, and you know, kind of stuff like that, and we all write them down and smile. Have a good time. Said, no, I wrote my notes down. Okay? That is the work of the Spirit. That is a manifestation of the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit visibly being seen. Okay? He's invisible. But He does stuff that I am able to see. That you are able to see. So I am giving you some... Some blocks. That's why I told you that in the middle of this expositional study, we're all of a sudden getting theological. Okay? Uh, people tend to get cranky about theology. Okay? 
Why? Because theology starts talking about things that I just can't get my head around. Okay, I mean, it's a God thing. It's theology. Okay, we like lists, don't we? He's going to give me six of them. <laughs> six, six, six. I can do these six of them. I can do six of them. No, I've got eight for you today. Okay, and I watched it. When a person gets ready and says, I've got eight things here, what is your first response? Perfect. I can go do these eight things and something's going to happen. Okay? And you just missed it. But I want to show you something and I want to challenge you. Okay? I have eight things here that I have just drawn out of, some, of my, own, my own study, but my own walk, my own time in the body of of, of Christ and, and uh, it is things that as I look at the church okay wherever I'm at whether I'm in Albuquerque if I'm in Memphis if I'm in Orel if I'm in London if I'm in Essex if I'm in Galilee when I look at the church there's certain ways to tell in fact the spirit of God does control. Does control. Okay? Eight things. Alright? And I'm going to go through these eight. Because I want you to take this one and put it with the others that I've given you. Next three weeks, we're going to finish up the serving gifts. And then I'm going to jump into the person of the Holy Spirit and show you who He is and what He's about. Okay? But I'm giving you some blocks right now. And in, in right now you're saying, well, well, I thought we were studying spiritual gifts. We are. But I know people who will walk out of this room today and walked out of these last 15 weeks trying to figure out if they've got the gift of wisdom, if they've got the gift of knowledge, if they've got the gift of this. And I tell you the truth, that unless you walk, you'll never know what your gift is. You know what's really scary? Neither will I. Because the thing that I will always see manifest will be you. And I love you guys, but I prefer to see Christ. Okay? And that's the difference that exists today. First thing on your list, unity. Unity. There is a spirit of unity. Ephesians 4, the whole chapter deals with it. There is a loving unity. Okay? Let me explain the unity of the body of Christ. And I can do it in a very simple phrase. I'm in, I'm in a serious downshift of keeping it simple individuality is crushed. Okay? Individuality is crushed. There will always be a spirit of unity. Why? Because if the spirit is in control, how much of it is about you? It ain't. It ain't never been about you. I'm sorry. God doesn't even care what you think. I know that may hurt your feelings. He is not concerned about whether you've got a new car, old car, 401k, or you're going to retire, or where you're going to end up with. He's not, you know what? I am convinced that he is not even concerned about the price of gasoline. And you know what's really scary about it? He doesn't even lose any sleep over it. And where the Spirit of God controls, individuality is gone. It is crushed. It is obliterated. It is non-existent. And when that is gone, you know what you have? 
unity. I showed you there's one God, one Lord, one Spirit. He is manifest how? How He determines. How He determines. Okay? Second thing. Second thing. Second thing that I know if God is in control of an individual or a body of people is fellowship. Is fellowship. Okay? Romans 12, we've looked at it, but I want to take you back to it. Devoted to one another in brotherly love. Listen, I see, I use my word, plethora of people trying to make fellowship. Okay? Well, you know, we have a multitask auditorium quote-unquote sanctuary, where we can have basketball leagues or volleyball leagues, or we can have barbecues, or we can have pig roasts, or we can have a tent meeting, or we can do all this stuff that we're going to try to make people be friends with each other. Okay? When the Spirit is in control, there is a deep, it's devoted It's honest, it's intimate, it's real, and it is never forced fellowship. Okay? Uh, Yeah, I can do that. You know, I I have people, you guys have seen it. Some of you have seen it. Some of you force it. Some of you quench the spirit because you're not inclusive in your fellowship. Because that deep, devoted overwhelming, heart, honest, intimate relationship is inclusive to who? Anybody who is my neighbor. You know who that is, right? Anybody that ain't you. It's inclusive. It doesn't play games. It isn't, well, I'm going to have a Bible study and I just don't want these people to come. It's nothing, there's absolutely nothing superficial about it. I got, two, I got a question that I'm doing in my, in my Sunday school class and I'm watching everybody's eyes roll back in their head as I keep going back to it, is that do you have anybody that you need to forgive and is there anybody that you need to ask forgiveness of? That's the question. Anybody want to volunteer now? Is there anybody you need to forgive or is there anybody you need to go seek out and get forgiveness from? Well, I don't want to talk about that. You don't have fellowship. You don't have fellowship. It's impossible. Why? Because there's an intimacy. It's nothing superficial about it. Why? I'm going to carry the ugly with me. Well, you just don't understand. That person's just a pain in the butt to be around. Really? Have you looked in the mirror? True fellowship. A person or group controlled by the Spirit of the living God will have fellowship with everybody. And it'll be intimate, it'll be honest, it'll be devoted. Yeah, it's going to be more so to the saints of God. Absolutely. Why? Because you have more in common. I just don't have a lot of... I'm not going to go down to Hooters and sit and watch a basketball game. Why? I, there's just nothing going on here and you can only eat so many pounds of wings. Okay, and let's be realistic. It's July. Basketball's over. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? There's certain things that I can have action with. I can go to a football game, a baseball game, and have fellowship with people. 
But if you're honest with yourself, the lost people do not want intimate, close contact fellowship. The saints of God should be overwhelmed with passion for it if they're controlled by the Spirit. Why? Because the third thing is worship. People who are in control, are being controlled by the Spirit of God worship. Okay? I ain't talking about, what was it? Happy clappy. I ain't talking, ooh, kumbaya, dude. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking God is focused. God is focused. I'm talking about real, genuine. Um, I'm talking about a group of people this day in this room. There are people in this room right now who have not come to give honor to God in this room. Right now. They're not here to honor God. Listen, worship means they're worthy. If I go in and worship somebody, what happens? They are worthy. They are absolutely worthy. There's people in this room right now who do not, have not showed up here today because God is due the honor. You know what you're saying? He's not in control of my life. He's not in control of my life. How many people go to church so that they can honor God? How many people go to church so that they can honor Christ? True worship. If we are controlled by God, we will speak in the honor of the Holy Spirit, period. That's it. True worship, we will praise God. True worship, we will sing praises to God. We will live praises to God. We will talk praises to God. That is worship. Why? I live but one purpose, and that is to bring honor to God. I live but one purpose, is to walk in the newness of life to the glory of God. Everything that I do, whether I buy a car, whether I buy groceries, whether I go do this, whether I work, whether I scold my children, whether I walk with my wife, whatever I do, am I doing it that God gets the glory and the honor? Okay? See what you got right there? You have unity. Why? Because the individual is dead. That's amazing stuff. What was next? How quickly we forget. You have fellowship. Why? There's an overwhelming devotion. Why? Because it isn't about me anymore. I'm not trying to make a friend because I heard they have a houseboat at Lake Powell. You know, I... I I want this friend because I heard they like to hunt. Or I like this friend because they like this sport or they like this. No, I am devoted because that life, that soul has been brought into my life. I'm devoted to that soul. Why? Because God has given me this precious treasure. God cared so much for that soul, He died for that one too. Why? Because then I will worship. Why? Because then, brothers, I beseech you by the mercies of God, present yourself living sacrifices, holy and pure. This is your act of what? 
worship. You know why? You know what comes out of that fourth thing? Evangelism. <coughs> Evangelism. How many people here have asked other people to come to church? To no avail. Okay? But most of the time when we ask somebody, they claim to be what? Christians. Don't they? I like Jesus. He's a cool dude. Why don't you talk to the lost? Because, listen, I want you to keep right here in the back of your head what's going on. The Holy Spirit has come. Remember he said, I I must leave and I'm going to send you counselor. That's at 13, 14, 15, 16 of the Gospel of John. He tells him, I got to go because when I go, when he's, whoa, it's going to be great. Okay, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and he has come to point us to Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one who declares Christ. Listen, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will not bring attention to himself. Many believe that. The Holy Spirit will do one thing, one thing only. He will testify of Christ. He will point to Christ. It will be Christ. And the Spirit working, you will hear Christ. Whether it's in preaching, whether it's in lies, whether it's in praising, you're going to hear Christ because the Holy Spirit is saying, it's Christ, it's Christ, it's Christ, it's Christ. Okay, in case you missed that, it's just Jesus. And the Holy Spirit declares Him. Alright? In a church where the Spirit of God controls, what happens? Christ is declare. We will declare Christ. Why? Who's in control? Holy Spirit. What will he be saying? Christ. Evangelism will be spontaneous. It will be a priority. It will be a natural outflow in the lives of people who make up that assembly. Why? Who's controlling The Spirit. And the Spirit will what? Declare Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. Fifthly, I can tell a church or an individual who is Spirit-controlled by love. By love. An assembly of people who care about each other. An assembly of people controlled by the attitudes. Now hear me quick. I had to write this down about nine times before I could figure out how I needed to say it. It is an assembly of people controlled by an attitude of selflessness. Okay? It's an assembly of people or an individual who is controlled by an attitude of selflessness. You know what an attitude is, right? You've heard it. Dude's got an attitude. Okay? An attitude of selflessness. Think about it. I'm not important. What I want is not important. The things I want is not important. Where real love... Now I'm talking when the Holy Spirit overwhelms a person, invades their little world... Kicks their, you know what? Sacrifice will be second nature to that soul. 
I get crazy when I hear, well, you don't need this. You've got to stay away from spiritual burnout. Do you hear how blasphemous that is? Spiritual burnout? You're telling me that the Holy Spirit is going to get tired? Is that what you're saying? Listen, if you're doing it, you will. But you know what? I'll know it. <laughs> and so will everybody around you. Why? Because you will be ye. Okay? You won't be mad because you ain't got no attaboys. Nobody said that's good. Nobody says, I'm proud of you. Nobody tipped their hat to you because you have not stepped into a position of selflessness. If I'm in a position of selflessness, then I would do it whether anybody ever sees it ever, ever, ever. Why? Because I'm doing it because I'm controlled by the Spirit and the Spirit is declaring who? And it ain't you. It ain't you. I remember uh, Dr. Olford, Stephen Olford. He had this thing that he, he always did. Stephen Olford was one of the greatest preachers I've ever heard in my life. He's the only guy I know who can go last after our nation's best have preached and then do it in Dr. MacArthur's church and come after MacArthur in his own church and just literally raise the roof. And I'm th- so you're already in the heavenlies. And you're sitting, I don't understand where I'm going now because this is just amazing stuff. And you, people would give him accolades. And he would smile, tilt his head this way, take his finger and point up. It's not me, it's him. If you ever shook his hand, I learned my handshake from him. If you've seen me shake it. You shake his hand, his other hand would come and grab you by the forearm. And I, first time he did, I thought, he's going to fall over. I mean, he was a little frail guy the first time I met him. Okay? But you know what he's doing? It come out of Africa. And holding the arm says, not without you. Not without you. Some people think that I have all these original ideas. I'm just learning them and passing them on. When I shake a hand and hold the forearm, I'm saying, I ain't going without you. Why? Who's controlled by the Spirit? This man could turn a phrase. I mean, I've seen him do things. Uh, I preached a sermon in front of him, and he critiqued it, and then goes through and make it. What's that where they put them all, and it all says the same thing? Um, illiterate. No, I'm illiterate. You know what I'm talking about. Okay? But he just took my sermon. I preached it, and he goes through it. It could be da 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 And I'm sitting there going... And it wasn't really big words like, you know, sometimes they use a word like, where'd you get that? All right. But it was something that it was very good that you can hang it from. And I was like, gee, many crickets. All right. Where real love is, sacrifice is going to be second nature. Sacrifice is going to be second nature. Here's the problem, though. You have to have a heart of selflessness. It ain't about me. How many times do you hear it's about me? If my kids are messing up, it's about me. If my husband's doing this, it's about me. If my wife is doing this, it's about me. If my boss is doing this, it's about me. If it's about... Just go down the line. It is never about you. If the Spirit is in control, your life, your actions, your attitude, your mouth, your witness will be declaring Jesus Christ. Sixthly, obedience. 
person who is controlled by the Spirit of God, a church that is controlled by the Spirit of God, is walking in a path that the Word of God directs. That's obedience. Okay? Linsky put it this way. It's spontaneous obedience. Spontaneous obedience. I thought that was kind of cute. Um, I would say it's spontaneous obedience as a pattern of life. Okay? All that is ever, all that ever needs to be said, this is what the Scripture says. It's all that has to be said. This is what the Bible says. Okay. This is what the Bible says. Listen, if this is what the Bible says, then He's empowered me because the Holy Spirit helped write Scripture. Then He's empowered me to do it. I see people who are going out trying to walk as Paul. Oh my gosh, that's insane. But I am to walk as Paul. No, you are to walk as Christ. Try that one. Well, that's insane. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. Listen, those people who are in control, are under control of the Spirit of the living God, whenever the Bible says it, the response is immediate. No problem. Amen, brother. Amen. How many of you, how many of you today, I'm not going to ask you if you've seen them. How many of you today, in your spiritual maturity, when the Word of God touches you, your first response is, I'll pray about it. Sounds spiritual. But you know what it is? It's rebellion. It is grieving the Spirit. It is causing the Holy Spirit to be quenched. If He shows it to you, He ain't saying, now pray about it. See if I'm lying to you. I might be faking it out. I may not even be telling it to you. You may be just getting... <laughs> You're never going to know. You better go pray. That is not the way God works. Why? You can't handle that. I couldn't handle that. If it says it, okay, I'm doing it. Why? Well, He wouldn't have showed it to me if He didn't want me to do it. And if He, didn't, if he wants me to do it, then He says, I will energize you. I will manifest you so that you can go do it. That's amazing stuff. Why is this obedience important? That's the seventh thing. A person who is spirit-controlled is submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Okay, A person who is spirit-controlled is submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Okay, Key, you don't make him lord. He is. Okay? A person who is spirit-controlled, that person, that church, okay? Remember what I said. We are being built together for the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. We are being built together for the Holy Spirit, dwelling of the Holy Spirit, all right? We come under the lordship of Jesus Christ, and we... Because of His Lordship, we will lovingly, joyously, willingly submit to His will. 
and we don't run around praying about it. Let me show you a, a, a text that just has always just boggled my mind. When I, every time I think about it, it just freaks me out. <clears throat> yeah, verse 2, Romans 12 says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good. That makes sense, right? The will of God is probably good. The will of God is probably acceptable. And the will of God is perfect. Okay? That's an interesting thing there, don't you think? I think it's a fascinating phrase. That verse says, you have the ability to know exactly what God is doing every moment, what is perfect, acceptable, and just going to be good. I like that. How do I do it? Don't get pushed into the world's mold, but be transformed how? Renewing our mind. Then you have to just keep going backwards. What do you have to do to renew your mind? Present yourself as living sacrifice. You know what sacrifice means, right? I have $100. I want to be sacrificial in my giving to Jesus Christ. I give him 10%. Is that sacrifice? Sacrifice. What sacrifice? That that is valuable to you, you give up. What did I say? You've got to die to self. You have to be selfless. Individuality must and will be crushed. So I'm submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Okay? Eighth. A church or an individual filled with the Spirit of the living God. You know what happens? There will be ministry. There will be ministry. What do I mean by that? What we studied to date. (laughs) You see how this all kind of comes together now? There will be saints of God interchanging their spiritual gifts. My spiritual gift, I will be lavishing on you as often as I can in the energy of the Spirit wherever you are. And the gift that you have will be lavished on me and the energy and the sourcing of the person of the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's not just professional pulpits. Pulpits. If you think that this is here for your pleasure, you're wrong. The church is not for hired ministers. The church is ministers. It's a massive community of believers ministering their gifts. Every one of you. Every one of you saved has a gift. It's special. 
God has given it to you. He has it because he has a specific task that you could really learn what the perfect and acceptable and good will of God is for every aspect of your life. But if you are not spirit-controlled, you will never know it. You may taste it occasionally, but you'll never know it. There will be unity, there will be fellowship, there will be worship, there will be evangelism, there will be love, there will be obedience, there will be lordship of Jesus Christ, and there will be supernatural empowered serving. How do you know if you're on that path? I give you five, six. What was it? You'll have a holiness that is constant. You'll have a joy that is constant. You'll have a freedom that is constant. You'll have a confidence, a security that is constant. You'll have a victory over and against every single adversary that exists out there, and it will be constant. And you know what comes out of all of that? You will serve. You may serve through the gift of prophecy. You may serve through the gift of knowledge. You may serve through the gift of wisdom. You may serve through the gift of exhortation. You may serve through teaching, leadership, serving, giving. You may be called to be an evangelist. You may be called to be a pastor. You may be called to be a teacher. And you know what's scary? Now I want you to think about this stuff. This church, Castle Rock Baptist Church, has been taught... Unity has been taught. Now listen, and not only have we been taught, we've seen it. Unity. We have seen and been taught fellowship. We have seen and been taught worship. We have seen and been taught evangelism. We have seen and been taught love. We have seen and been taught obedience. We have seen and been taught lordship of Jesus Christ. Guess what you're learning now? Serving. Serving. Are you ministering or are you a spectator? That's what you've got to ask yourself after this one. Are you serving or are you a spectator? Do you choose to minister or do you choose to be ministered to? That's the key. Because what I just gave you, these eight plus the six, that is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in an individual and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit collectively. And then all involved will know what your gift is. They're going to know it. They'll see it. Why? It'll be a manifestation of the Holy Spirit declaring Jesus Christ. Okay, listen, that right there is not just busyness because I'm a Christian. That right there is incarnational. That is Jesus Christ overwhelming a person and a whole group of people and manifesting Christ to the awe of the nations. And you can't go do that by yourself, I guarantee it. Now you see why I didn't pick up mercy. I just didn't feel merciful today. Okay? Why? Brothers and sisters, you who are saved this day are indwelt by the single greatest force that exists. There is nothing greater, absolutely nothing more powerful 
than the Spirit of God in you. And you've got to ask yourself a question. Can anybody see that in you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your church. I thank you for your scriptures. I thank you for the amazing things that you do. Lord, I just pray that as we draw upon you, you alone, as we drink deep from the waters of eternal life, Father, as we understand little bit by little bit what is ours, what is our possession, what is at our abilities, Father, we bow before you. We rejoice in what you do. Father, I just thank you and praise you. Father, we worship you. We worship you alone. In Christ's name, amen.